Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. I'm ready to teach the word. I want to welcome those who are joining us on all of our live stream uh, outlets. We're, we're in a time in history that the direction of this ship needs to make a turn. We need to make a turn from going a wrong direction, and I want to address some things today which may shock some of you. The definition in the Bible is tradition. Tradition. A belief or custom handed down. That's what tradition means. A belief or custom handed down. When we say traditional, that is a conforming to tradition. A conforming to tradition. As this generation, this era we are in is so leaving traditional values, there is something that we've got to know about traditional values. I want you to write this down and think about it. Tradition is the solution to problems that we've long forgotten. Now let me say that again. Tradition is the solution to problems we have forgotten. For those many in here that are ADD, I'll say it again. Tradi- See, we've, you don't even know or remember why we've done it this way, but there's a reason that we've done it this way. The title of today's message is Traditional Values. Traditional Values. Why do we do it like that? Why do we pass that value down? Well, once upon a time, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, as a society, we had a problem. So we did something to fix it, and then we passed that down to our kids, who passed that down to their kids. Don't do it like this. Do it like this. Well, where did that come from? It came from fixing a problem. Tradition prevents problems. That's why we came to do it that way. Write this down. When you leave tradition, the problem that it fixed rolls right back in. Just rolls right back in. There is a reason that it's been done this way. There is a reason that we have lived, there's a reason your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, your great, there was a reason they lived life like they did. Generations lived their entire lives just doing life like they were taught to do it, and it worked for them. Well, over time, we questioned those traditional values because I don't want to do it like that. I don't want to do it like that. And the reason we question those values and the reason you say you don't want to do it like that is because you had the privilege of being raised in a society that did do it like that. So you are completely oblivious to the problems of not doing it like that. Totally unaware of what's going to happen if we don't do it like that. All moral, traditional values prevent a problem for individuals and societies. Stealing, lying, cheating, sexual immorality, on and on and on, prevent problems for a society. 
just looking for a few examples today. A man should leave adolescence, marry a woman for life. They take care of each other for life. They procreate. They train, discipline, educate, teach the children that they birthed to be adults. And then those kids repeat that. I remember, I can tell you exactly where we were in the car when I asked my mom. Mom, how will I ever be able to repay you for all you've done for me? How will I ever be able to repay you? And I was a little boy and she looked at me and she said, you won't ever. You will never be able to repay me ever for what I've done for you. You'll do it for your kids. Like it was done for me. And that stuck in my mind. See, that's a tradition that we left. And so now I can't even begin to communicate. Aging crisis, orphanage crisis, teens running the street, looting, burning, gangs, violence. The, see, the tradition alone of a dad, nothing good happens after 9.30, get your tail home. I'm coming to get you. See, it, it, that one tradition alone stops billions, untold billions of dollars of crisis across our nation and for individuals. There's no way to communicate what problems are caused. Now we've got old people with no kids to take care of them. We got kids with no old people to take care of them. See, when, when that tradition leaves a society, here comes the flood of problems that it prevented. That's why we did it like that. That's why we're not still cavemen running around like animals. You're not ever going to hear these statistics, but they're very easily gained. But ain't nobody going to, nobody's going to on the news give you these. Children whose fathers are involved in their lives are 70% less likely to drop out of school. 90% of children from stable homes, both father and mother, do not become delinquents. Now, why isn't the president saying that if you want to lead our nation? 90% of children from a mom and a dad home don't ever become delinquents. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 85% of rapists come from fatherless homes. Why aren't all those that are so worried about rape out here in all these societies and a president and all of our, why aren't we talking about this? 85% of all rapists come from fatherless homes. 70% of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 75% of adolescents in substance abuse facilities come from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless runaway children are from fatherless homes. 90% would that be a wake-up call to a nation to say, okay, we need to start doing this. 70% of juveniles in correctional facilities are from fatherless homes. You're not ever going to hear this. All we're going to do is outlaw guns. 27 of the last mass murderers were boys from fatherless homes. Well, anybody want to tackle that? Are you kidding me? How many lives would have been saved if we would just have a mom and a dad in the home telling some kids, get home, get school, clean your room? So before a society leaves traditional values, you have to know that a crisis will follow immediately because that traditional value is what kept that crisis out of society. Just drive down the street and watch. Look at the countless government agencies that could all be done away with if there was an intact family bringing care and discipline 
and training into our lives. There's no way to communicate. There's no way to communicate what the cost of that is in a society. In a free nation like we are, in a free society, what keeps the streets safe for us to just go downtown? What keeps it safe for my wife to get in the car and go to Walmart, do that safely, get in the car and drive back home? What makes that work? There's not enough police to guard every human being in America. There's not enough. There is an inner traditional value at work in a society that is handed down and instilled. You don't steal. You don't cheat. You don't murder. Well, do a historical research. Where do those concepts come in to an archaic caveman? The Ten Commandments. God says, don't do this and do this. Here's the way life works. The Bible calls adultery, fornication, sex outside of the traditional marriage. Calls that wrong. Why? Because it produces children with no traditional mom and dad. And you can't count the problems that that causes. Tradition is the solution to problems that we have forgotten. Now get this. 1903. That was not very long ago, by the way. Zero percent of children were born to unwed mothers. Now, clearly, there were a couple. There were some. But across the nation, doing a survey and a statistical analysis, there's not enough numbers to even amount to 0.5%. So it comes up, zero percent of children born to unwed mothers. In 1980... 20% of children are born to unwed mothers. 20 years later, 40 years later, 2020, 40% of children are born to unwed mothers. 40%. I, there's no way that we can even calculate the problems caused in society by that one thing taking place. Because we don't have enough police. In, in a city where you get hundreds of thousands of teenagers running wild and breaking buildings and looting and burning and turning over cars, the police stay out of that for the risk of their own life. We don't have enough policemen to control that. And it could all be controlled by dad saying, get home. You're home by nine, I come get you. There is no burning and looting and tearing up by, by, by teenagers at three o'clock in the morning. Why? Because you got a dad. Tim, why can't we do this? It's my life. I want to. Why are you so backwards and you continue to be so archaic? You only think like that because you had the blessed privilege of growing up in a traditional value-led society. But when you raise a society and a culture that you are now after, you are now promoting this current agenda that we're on, you're going to see clearly in a few generations from now, oh, that's why we used to do it like that. Traditional values produce safety, protection, care, love, nurture, stability, and emotional strength. And all that's gone when we buy into the agenda that we're now producing. A traditional value, generations and generations, all at one time understood this and passed this on. Second Thessalonians, if you don't work, you don't eat. 
If you don't work, you don't eat. I was six years old. I saw a bicycle I wanted. Went to my dad. I want this bicycle. My dad's immediate response was, and I think you should have it. I pay a dollar an hour. Keep up with your time. <laughs> See, th- there was a time when every, I mean, it's just what you did. Every 14, 15, 16-year-old had an after-school job. On fast food restaurants, that they were entry-level jobs, and we all worked. All of you 30 and over, doze off, pay no attention to what I'm saying. This is completely over your head. All those 40 and over, how many at 13, 14, 15 years old, you babysat, you worked at McDonald's, you worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken, you, you had a job after school, and on Saturdays you had a job. That's what we did. I was raised on the ranch. I always had a job. On not, not one Saturday of my whole life did I ever watch TV. I had a job. We lived on a ranch. My brother-in-law's, my wife, she walked down the street to Kentucky Fried Chicken, had a job. She wasn't old enough to drive. Well, you walked to work. My brother-in-law sure weren't old enough to drive. They got on a bicycle and rode it down to the newspaper office at 4.30 in the morning, got their newspapers, threw newspapers all until 6 o'clock in the morning, came home, got dressed, and went to school. Oh, that's awful. That's the way we lived. Everybody did it that way. We won't go into this, but 40 years ago, we didn't have no disorders. We didn't have any emotional anxiety, any emotional crisis. Well, I, maybe I did, but I had a job and I had to be at it. I didn't have time for an anxiety attack. I had to be at work. So I had to be at work and I had to be producing a certain level of output to keep this job. And I sure didn't want to get fired. So I was expected to produce an outcome. And that's what we did. 13, 14, 15 years old. We had jobs at 18, 19, and 20. You quit looking for a job. Everybody in here, listen to me, young people, stop looking for a job. You get a career. Jobs are for 13 years old. When you get 18 or 19, then you lock up and you get a career, and you do that for the next 50 years. Well, how did this nation become the greatest on the earth? Because people got a career, and if you work at the same place for 40 years, you're bound to get better at it. And what you're producing gets better. And the product that you're making gets better. And the quality of product that the consumer buys is better. It's horrible. It was horrible. 20 years ago, I bought a 10-year-old riding John Deere lawnmower. It's 10 years old when I bought it 20 years ago. 30 years ago. Later, I'm kind of thinking about a new lawnmower. So I asked the manager of a store about the brand of his riding lawnmower. And I told him what I was driving. The manager of the store looked at me and said, I had rather have your 30-year-old riding lawnmower is that brand new one. It's a piece of junk. Why is that? Because anybody got a career. Nobody's producing. Nobody's proud of their work. Nobody has stayed there 40 years to get this better and get this better and improve on this. It's half shot. It's half cock, and it ain't no good when it's brand new. But see, an entire society all worked, all produced, all created goods and services. So I grew up with food always on the shelf. 
There was never an empty shelf at a grocery store ever. Items were always available. And when you ordered an item, it'd be sent to you that quick. And when you got it, it worked. It worked. You could call an electrician, a plumber, a carpenter, and you had a leak, you could get a plumber that afternoon. That's where I grew up. Now you call them and they say, sorry, we're not taking any new customers. You finally get somebody to answer the phone and they say, we can get to you maybe in three to six months. How come? How come? Because we left a traditional value of work. A time when everybody, little kids, everybody worked. Son, what are you doing? Get a job. We leave that tradition because it's hard. It's insensitive. They're just going through some things. Well, Tim, you don't know what young people today are having to deal with. Well, they're dealing with it because they don't have a job and a bunch of bills stacked up. My dad thought at 18 you need to get married, have two or three kids, and buy a house. That will keep you from having any disorders. Get your rear end to the third job that day. Get off at five and be somewhere else working at six. I mean, since we're just mad now, let's just talk about it. How many of you at 17 or 18 were expected to leave home? I mean, you've been here long enough, son. (laughs) I've been waiting for this day. At 17 years old, I loaded my car. I packed up and I went to school. And the first week I was at school, I got a job because I had to have one to eat if I was going to stay there. You see, you, you don't just hang out and hang around. Now we've got a society with tens of millions that are not working and not producing because we left that traditional value of work. So what floods in? Empty shelves at the grocery store. What, what go, I can't get a simple part for my car. It's months before you can get it, and when you get it, it will be broke. You go to a restaurant, there's not enough waitresses. There's not enough cooks in the back. Businesses are now closing because the only reason is because they can't hire help. You call for a carpenter, they can't get to you for six months. Emotional disorders are out the roof. I mean, uh, all because we don't work. Second Thessalonians says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Oh, it's just hard. We'll leave that tradition and go live the high life. Now, without working, drive a car. Without working, have a nice house. Have all the food you need. Have the nicest, latest iPhone available. And you never have a job. Well, when we do that, now we've got a society that the wheels aren't rolling very good right now. We just can't hardly make it because they're just goods and services that we have to have. I don't know if anybody's ever asked themselves this question or not, but I do. If we buy into this agenda right now that's being sold to us, the world in one generation is all going to die off. When every, okay, everybody buys into same-sex marriage, then it's over. That generation, it's over. See, that old outdated tradition works because it reproduces. That, that's why that works. Well, I'm not for marriage. I'm just for free love and, and free love expression. Okay, then everybody does that. Then who's going to pay for shoes and braces and education and health care? Who's going to pay for all? Look, some of us have been to Honduras quite often. 
And I've been in a culture, in a society that live like dogs. Everybody just has sex with everybody. And I've seen hundreds of thousands of little eight, nine, ten-year-old children, seven-year-old children eating in the street, eating in the pile of dump outside the city where they dump it, sleeping under the buildings. And our ministry down there does hundreds of funerals of 10, 11, and 12-year-olds every year that starve to death. Well, what happened? Well, we don't have a mom and a dad working and paying for their bills. See, our nation was the safest in the world. We were the most prosperous in the world. We created a life here that the world wanted. We had people weaving together handmade rafts and getting on the ocean and trying to cross a part of the ocean just in hopes that they could land here and experience our way of life. Why? Traditional values. Traditional values produced a life that the world envied. Now we depart from those traditional values, and here comes the flood of problems that we have. Who wants to flood in here and live on the streets where the crime rate is through the roof every night? Mark your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, 10, and 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I want you to read this. Verse 9, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Verse 9, don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality are thieves, are greedy people, are drunkards, are abusive, are cheap people. None of that will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you once lived like that. We wave our hand. We've all messed up and we used to do that. Did it? I mean, just we've been doing all of that. But God cleanses you, gives you a redo, and you start your life brand new, and you start it washed clean, and you start it all over, and you're made holy. You're made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I'm not sure how much clearer the Bible wants to make it. I'm not a preacher up here putting my rules on you. I'm just reading what God says he blesses and what God says he curses. It's not my rules that I'm imposing on all of our people. These traditional values handed down to us, produced prosperous, safe, happy, blessed lives. It's called kingdom living. It's just kingdom living. Depart from these traditional values, and you don't inherit, you don't live in the kingdom of God that he has for us. Verse 9, don't fool yourself. Do not fool yourself. You can't leave traditional values and not suffer the problems that those traditional values kept out of your life. Now, the Bible is just very clear. You're fooling yourself. You can't indulge in the works of the flesh and not experience the consequences that that produced in your life. We don't want the consequences. What do I do to get out of this? What do I do to stop this hell I'm living in? You get born again, and you change your values in life. God began with mankind by first. The very first thing he did was told us 
what not to do. The very first thing God did when he entered with mankind. Don't do this. Well, obviously God hates us. God wants us to keep from having fun. God wants to ruin your teenage years. Why does God begin with mankind saying, don't do this? It's the same reason a mother grabs the two-year-old and says, don't run out in the street. Why does a mother grab a two-year-old and say, don't run out in the street, don't touch that stove, don't touch that electrical outlet, don't pull that down on your head, don't put that in your mouth. A mom is not concerned about her two-year-old's relationship with her. She's trying to save its stupid life. Oh, God's concerned about a relationship with you, not his rules for you. If you go to a church that preaches that, leave. It just don't work. God is concerned about you killing your dumb self. Don't eat that. Don't put that in your mouth. Don't stick your finger in there. Don't put your hand on that stove. Don't do that. Not because God hates you. It's because he loves you. And he wants you living happy and blessed and successful and prosperous. And his rules are not to ruin your life. When you leave traditional values, you experience in your life the problems that they prevented. I want you to write down Luke 16, verse 15. I want our church to know this. Luke 16, verse 15. It says, What the world honors is detestable in the sight of God. What the world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Well, Tim, everybody is okay with it. Not everybody. I can tell you one guy that's not. No, maybe everybody in your school is okay with it. Maybe all of your college professors are okay with it, but I can tell you one man that's not okay with it. And he just happens to be the only man that I need to be assured of that I'm pleasing each and every day of my life. No, not everybody's okay with it. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. Shame on Target stores for championing a lifestyle that brings destruction to individuals and to a society. Shame on Starbucks, who promotes a lifestyle that is a destruction to individuals and to society. Shame on the president of our nation who supports a lifestyle that will ruin this nation. Shame on college professors and on public schools who are making their teachers refer to kids in a gender neutral term because that will bring destruction on their life and our nation as a whole. Look at the history of the world. Look at world history. Study nations. This, we're not doing this for the first time. This isn't a new deal, by the way. Young people, has been tried for 6,000 years. There's a lifestyle that works, that produces life and peace and joy, and you can love every day of your life. And there is a lifestyle that produces all kinds of emotional disorders, all kinds of mental disorders, all kinds of self-hatred, all kinds of low self-esteem. There is a lifestyle that will eat you up from the inside out, and both are available. I recommend you go ahead and choose life. 
That'd be my suggestion. Go ahead and choose life. Shame on advertisers. Shame on them. I'm for you advertising. I may want to buy some of your stuff. But shame on advertisers that while a nation is watching a football game, you advertise your product by showing two men kissing and shoving down America's throat a lifestyle that's going to ruin our nation and ruin individuals' lives. Shame on you for advertising your soap by killing people and ruining the nation. Shame. Shame. All societies that have ever lived this kind of lifestyle have been destroyed. Galatians 5.16, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Church, not the culture, not your college professor. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. The sinful nature wants to do evil. And that's opposite of what the Spirit wants. Verse 17. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life is not going to live in the kingdom of God, the life that we've been talking about this year, that you can live full of peace, full of joy, and full of blessings. I want you to know you're in a church that is fighting every demon in hell that's trying to mislead, misinform, and destroy our young people. We're not sitting here and let that happen because we demand a feel-good message. As your pastor, I have to tell you the truth, not what's always popular. There's always been moral requirements for God. God's morality... God's traditional moral requirements doesn't change. It's not relative. It's not generational. There's a moral standard that God requires. Now, let me be very clear, and I've never thought about this until this last week. Let me quickly leave God's Word today and preach what I personally think. Let me do that. I personally think Everybody in here should ride horses, work cattle, rope, go to cow sales, go to horse sales, bale hay, put out hay. I think you shouldn't play cards, play golf, play tennis. I think you ought to ride a horse. Now, how many of you have ever heard me preach a sermon like that? I'm not up here preaching what I personally believe. I'm not up here preaching what I personally believe. I personally believe everybody ought to ride a horse and not play golf. But it's never a title of my sermon. I will stay with God's word and tell you what God says that will bring blessings or cursings in your life. So don't say, Tim, you're trying to put your lifestyle on all of the people that go to church there. It's not my lifestyle. I didn't say it. God did. It's God's moral code for living a life, and it's not a personal choice. There are personal choices in life, but it's not our morality. God lays it out very clear for us. And then our commission from God, Matthew 28, 18, I've been given all 
authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. It's not go and make converts. Go and tell everybody about how God loves them. Go and make disciples of all nations. Verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all of the commandments that I've given you. There is a recipe for a good life, for a blessed life. There are personal choices of what you do. As a pastor, I don't preach my personal choices. I'm not ever going to say you have to be a cowboy to go to heaven. I will never say any sermon against golf or tennis. I'll never preach a sermon against being an electrician, a plumber, a waitress, or in sales. I'll never preach that. There are giftings and there are callings. There are personal choices that you navigate in your life through personally, and I don't preach that. But I do teach, whether you're a cowboy or you're a golfer, there's a way that leads to life and peace in your life. I understand. I fully understand. Tim's so archaic, outdated. I fully understand that at one time we drove covered wagons, and now we drive cars. Don't confuse that with traditional values. Don't confuse that with how we live our life. Traditional values are solutions to problems that we have forgotten. There are values that God has for us as individuals, thus us as a society. Today, leave your covered wagon, get you a car with heated seats, but don't ever leave traditional values that keep you blessed, happy, and safe. Y'all stand. Lord, today we thank you for your word of direction, your word of correction for our life. Thank you for correcting us in wrong thinking. Thanks for giving us right thinking. And Lord, we line our life up with your word and the lifestyle that you have given us to live. We thank you, Lord, for your blessed life that you've made possible for us to live in. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.